and welcome to The Breach, a Charlie Mike podcast. I'm Ty Braxton, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen in today. We're a group of Christians that discuss issues surrounding us today and how to build our faith and strengthen our walk with the Lord. We want to provide you with tools so that you can Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike is better understood as continue mission, and we want you to be able to Charlie Mike in your own mission field. Let's get started. All right, tonight we have myself, Ty, Daniel, Jason, Christian, and Bob. Tonight's topic is on prayer. It is war on the floor, and we are discussing prayer because it is the one thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to do in Luke 11, 1. Their cry was, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't, they didn't ask him to teach them how to preach or organize programs. Um, they asked him how to teach them how to pray. And in Mark eleven seventeen. It says, and as he taught them, he said, is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And that was when he was going in and trying to get all the corruption out of the house of prayer, the church. And I'm gonna go ahead and let you know if your house, your church, and I'm talking about your home, if your, if your home or your church can't be a house of prayer, it can't be anything else it's intended to be. So we can't we can't lead our families if we're not being led by the Lord um, effectively. So what do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's impossible to give direction when you don't have any. Right. And when we're the ones that are seeking his face and making ourselves humble enough to come to him and ask for his help and ask for wisdom and just a fellowship with him every day, you know, cause obviously prayer shouldn't be about just our to-do list. Um, <clears throat> but sadly, I think in our Western mentality, we've, we've kind of created it into that. We've kind of put it into this thing where we have to check it off the list. Okay. If I'm a good Christian, I read my Bible today and I prayed, okay, we're yeah. good. Yeah. I'm still going to heaven. You know, like <laughs> right. it's, 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 it's funny what we've settled for. And instead of being a war on the floor, it turned into, you know, a sob on the floor and begging God to, to come through when, you know, he's more than willing to come through, but not because of your need, but because of your faith. So, yeah, you can't, you can't lead effectively if you don't have the information to lead effectively, and you don't get that information without seeking his face. Agree. I mean, uh, Second Chronicles, what? 714 says if my people who are called by my name will humble humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will i hear from the lord and will forgive their sin and will uh heal their land so i mean even more specifically he's talking about their environment every environment around them um not just their home not just their church but their entire nation as well that's the territory we were just yeah. talking about. We were overtaking the occupying force that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. That's that territory you were just talking about. And, and you know, God is saying he'll heal your lands and all this stuff. But the Israelites, they heard that and they didn't do anything about it. And I think a lot of problems we encounter is because we don't know how to pray. Right. So a lot of people, like you were talking about Asab. Yeah. Asab yeah. on the floor, we hear people pray and they're just... God, you know, rescue me from this, um, do this for me, um, heal this person. 
I want a miracle, but I don't want to believe in miracles. Or I don't want to tithe, but I'm expecting something in return for doing mm. nothing. And they spend that whole time speaking. And a lot of times prayer, you're, you're going to have, we'll break this down a, f- a little bit, but a lot of times in prayer, the Holy Spirit will tell you to shut up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've had times where I've been praying and I'll just, I'll be praying and then I'll just get a feeling that I just need to shut my mouth and open my ears. And then when you hear something and it might not be, you know, audible, it might just be something this Holy Spirit is speaking to you with from within or a feeling that <clears throat> can build the kingdom of God. You got to do something. There has to be action behind yeah. mm-hmm. that word. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't just give a list of demands to God, expect them to happen and then expect territory to be taken. Right. Yeah. So this is a key weapon in overtaking the occupying force. It has to be done. And we can't just pray towards a problem. Like we can't look at prayer as problem prevention or damage control and for comfort over character. We have to pray to be free um, or, or excuse me, a lot of people will pray to be free of the battlefield, but the battlefield is where Christ is telling you to go. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So like I said before, there has to be that action behind it. Prayer is power. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer is the thing that gives us that. It's, it's using your faith. You know, it's, it's the thing that gives us the, the authority, the power, the, it's our one offensive weapon that we can confront the enemy with, you know, Because the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against darkness and against, you know, those rulers in high places. And then that's talking about the spirit realm. The invisible realm. Yeah, the invisible realm. I mean, you you can't if we just go waving our Bible, you know, in the air, that's not that's not the same as us reading that word back to the enemy and saying, This is what the word says. It is written, just as Jesus right. did. You know, when he was being tempted those 40 days, um, by us declaring the word and sharing it with the enemy, we're telling him and we're commanding him and we're we're taking back what has been stolen. We're using our authority. We're using faith. We're using the sword of the spirit. And by doing that, we're having effective warfare. Well, I like also that it expounds on that in Second Chronicles 7, 15, and it says that... Um, Basically, uh, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Uh, And then 16 goes on and says, I've chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Mm. That means the more you go in, the more you're fighting in prayer, the more you're like, like, communicating with the Lord, like giving your petitions, not just your petitions, but also, you know, binding and loosing. And and also, you know, we're going in hard. Then the Lord's like, Hey man, there's that. I've got your back thing again. Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying now my heart, like now my eyes are fixed on you. Right. And my heart is with you. Yeah. So that says you've already won the battle. Right. And there's different types of prayer too. Right. There's, right. There's edification prayer. Yep. There's um, devotional prayer. 
you know, you're praying to God and you're just worshiping with him in intimacy and you're just, oh, yeah. you know, doing that. But then when you talk war on the floor, mm-hmm. you're talking about declaration. Prayer. Here we go. You're talking yeah. about spiritual warfare, right? which is telling the enemy, telling your circumstance, whatever you're going through, this is what the word says. This is our only standard. And this is the standard that you will conform to. As right. it is written. As, As it, is, it written. is written. Yeah. And that's funny. You said heart. You were talking about the invisible, the invisible. If you want power over the invisible realm, you have to use the supernatural power that you get from the Holy Spirit. And and we see people that are just like, I'm Christians. I go to church on Sundays. That's their, that's their argument. That's the one thing that'll back them up. And, right. or I pray on Sundays or I even go to Saturday morning prayer. Now, now for us, it's Wednesday night, but um, <laughs> yeah, shout out to the OGs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get on our level. Um, <laughs> but it's Hashtag funny, our it's, level. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny how they, how they brag about the one or two days a week. And can you get away with that kind of communication with your spouse? Yeah. Oh heck yeah. no! I mean, I know, Dude, I know, I know. Some of you want to. <laughs> oh, wow! Call but, them out. But it's no wonder these people ask. They're asking why God's not showing up. Wow! With, and True. why God's not hearing them when they're not showing up? True. Yeah. Come on. Here, here's the thing, too. Is there, like you said, there's different kind of prayers, and there's prayers. Yeah, you can pray for yourself. There's, there's things to pray for, you know. And 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 God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to, you know. Uh, you know, all the stuff. He wants to give you things. He wants to do your things that you know, but at the same time, God knows your heart also. Right. Yeah. But selfish prayers, and I literally just got this Holy Spirit, just get selfish prayers are weightless prayers, mm-hmm. but selfless prayers carry the weight of others. Wow. That's intercessory so, prayer right there. Intercessory prayer. Yeah. So a lot of times when you say prayer, Yes, it is good to go to a prayer when you when when something's like, you know, you're having you need a decision made for yourself. Right. You know, you go to go to prayer, you know, to God in prayer. But then there's that war prayer. And a lot of times when we were talking, especially when I when I when I when I thought about war on the floor, it was warring for others. Right. And you're carrying the weight of others. So that means you're gonna have to get on your knees. Yeah. Because that weight is so heavy that you're gonna have to get on your knees. Because that's where you're going to meet God is on your knees, carrying the weight of others and praying hard and just beating down whatever it is on. Honestly, you might not even know some of the people you're praying for. It might be somebody that you don't even know, but you just have that nudge to pray. And I've had that before. I've had nudges to pray where, you know, I've just started praying and and didn't even didn't even have like something to just come with. It just started praying and. And and I know that someone needed a prayer somewhere, you know. So I, I just I but you yield it, you yield it exactly. To it. It's yeah. that surrender. It's yeah. it's that it's a um, basically it reminds me of 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 the uh, white flag of of victory. <laughs> it's uh, that whenever I first uh, came to the Lord, like um, I had a word that I had like in my spirit. And I'll never forget it because it was right after I came to the Lord. And it was, man, I never talk like this. So it, it was so foreign to me at the time. And it was, it was victorious surrender. And, and, and wow. I didn't even know what it meant. It wasn't until years later that I knew what that meant. But it was in my spirit. And it was, 
you will never have victory until you surrender and you can't surrender till you get on your knees and you're praying for more than yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's what intercessory prayer is. It's the act of praying to God on behalf of oneself or someone else. Right. It's right. carrying that burden. And and really the Bible talks about, you know, we're to carry one another's burdens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's not often looked at in our westernized faith. In, in at least in America, is the the fact and the responsibility of community and family, and not only just your your biological family, but the family that's around you, the people you do life with day in day out. Right. You have the responsibility to carry their burden, just like they have the responsibility to carry yours. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that we're relying on on people more than we are relying on Jesus, because Jesus said, "Cast your burdens, you know, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, yeah. and I will give you rest." So he is the one that takes our burden. But there's sometimes when you're praying and you're interceding and you're believing for a miracle and you, you're you not seeing the fruit of it yet, and you just need an encouraging wor- word from a brother or mm-hmm. a sister that tells you, hey, you're doing the right thing. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And that's carrying that other person's burden, yeah. you know, or, or going to hospitality ministry is a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, the fact that when people are suffering with sickness or whatever, and you have a woman in the church, or or most of the times it's a woman in the church that is good at cooking, um, brings <laughs> somebody a meal or whatever, yeah. and they're, they're basically just saying like, here, I know you're going through a lot. Let me provide a service to you so that you don't have to worry about this one thing while you're taking care of business yeah. for your family. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a responsibility of us as believers. You know, we're supposed to love one another as we love ourselves, you know, and you can't be an effective member of the body of Christ without understanding the power of carrying one another's burdens and interceding on each other's behalf. You said fruit, and I thought that was, um, you know, you're going to see the fruit of um, what you're doing. And you said all, you also said Western world. Those are the two things that stuck out in the Western world. We've been so spoiled. Yeah. Everything's been handed to us either by our parents or the government or whatever. And we get that. All I have to do is ask and I'll get it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I was thinking about strong trees. Okay. If the tree is like watered daily and taken care of, it will bring forth some fruit. Mm-hmm. But when a storm comes through, it'll knock that tree over. Only when it's watered from time to time, the tree will start reaching down, looking for water with its roots. Mm. So it becomes strong. So when you go to God in prayer and just think he's going to give you everything you're asking for, not everything you need, because everything you're praying for, you don't need it. Right. A lot of times. Yeah, yeah. In our Western world. Yeah, right. Because uh, I sent a video to our pastor not too long ago about this missionary that went to China. And he said, you know, I'm going to pray because the people in China were talking about all the hard things they had to do to get to church. And he said, you know, I'm going to hope, I'm going to pray that, um, I I want to pray that we have the same, um, freedom 
as the Americans do to go to church. And he, the pastor or the missionary was like, I'm not going to pray for that. I, I, I do not pray that you have the same um, access to churches and community as we do, because you're willing to do all these things, walk 13 miles, dodge the police, um, meeting, crowding these houses with mud floors or whatever to just experience Jesus. When over here we have all these things, but people can't even get out of bed in the morning. So I will not pray for you to have that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, man, that was a prayer from someone over there. That was something that they prayed for. Yeah. But the, the missionary was like, I'm not, I'm not coming into agreement with that because I want what you have. Yeah. I want that something that I can, I want to, I can chase that I'm going to chase after. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes prayers are answered in different ways. Um, sometimes are answered, answered directly. We see that a lot of times with healing that happened to me with my knees. I mean, I, I wasn't sure I'd never experienced healing like that before I was prayed over. My knees were healed immediately. I couldn't even walk upstairs and the day after I could run around with my kids. Um, sometimes they're delayed because God's timing is perfect and ours is not. Right. Right. And we need to understand that we can't pray for open doors if we're not able to accept God closing some doors. Yeah. Right. Can't have it both ways. And sometimes they're different. They're answered in different ways. Uh, It's not the way we expected. We may not recognize the answer to prayer because it's not exactly the way we asked for it. Um, And sometimes they're just denied because it's not kingdom minded. Yeah. And we haven't submitted to God. So he's going to say no. And there's never power in the present when there's no hope in the future. So um, if you haven't submitted to God, don't expect God to answer prayers for you if you haven't met him halfway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about the the God of the Bible, the God that we serve. He's not a genie in a bottle. Right. You don't get to just make your wish to him and he grants three of them. You know, it's not one of those things. And it's not rolling the dice either. It's not a gamble when you pray. Mm -mm. When you are praying, you are accessing the Lord because when you pray, you should be praying by faith, not by praying through you're moaning or whatever and all this stuff. Man, Apostle Kerry killed it this past yeah, weekend with his sermon. And he said this one thing, and I'm trying to remember the quote, and I might paraphrase it wrong. But he was talking about if you come out of prayer without victory, then you weren't praying. You were complaining. Yeah, dude. That was like the yeah, essential. That was such. That uh, was good. I mean, that was yeah. so hard, man. Yeah. That hit so hard. I was like, ooh, I got really convicted right there. Yeah. Wow. And like, that's that's honestly, and that's that's what I feel like the theme of what we're confronting tonight is the fact that there's a lot of Christians that, for lack of a better term, are weak in their spiritual knowledge of how prayer works and how their relationship with God works and how the kingdom of heaven works. And because of that, you're only able to perceive through the level of knowledge that you have. Right. So you're only able to assess a situation for what it is based off of the information that you know and that you can perceive and weigh out the options of, okay, do I respond this way? Do I respond that way? So what I'm saying is 
we only have effective prayer and we all have effective intercession when we know what the word says about that topic. So right. if you're struggling with healing, if you're struggling with uh, manifestations of demonic activity, mm. you know, whether that be infirmity in your body or somebody literally Possessed. convulsing or, t- or contorting or having these weird um, growling voices or their face changing and all this stuff. And this is real stuff, guys. This isn't just some nonsense that we're making up to give you goosebumps. This, <laughs> the fact that there is a real devil out there and there are yeah. real demon spirits out there that are possessing a lot more people than they realize. Yeah. And even Christians can be demonized. And that's something that people fail to realize but you and don't combat them like you see in the movies. No. Right? Hold up a little cross and throw holy water on them. That's not how you deal with it. No, no. no. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me say something about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, go quick. ahead. Only because I have an experience, okay, like that. But it was me, mm. okay? And I've been there myself. My wife, my wife said this, and I kid you not. She's known me from being a heathen until now. So... She said whenever I would get into a street fight, I did not look like the same person. Wow. I took on a whole different persona. And that, I mean, that just says it all right there. Yeah. And and I felt that. Like, I felt the difference between who I was yeah. and what I would become in that moment. Um, I had no regard for those around me uh i saw red i felt Mm -hmm. like my body was was so enraged i had no control Mm. and uh yeah and whenever she said i look like i took on the image of something else i mean that at the time i was like Yes, you know, because yeah, you know, I'm having to bring it because you're whatever. so hard. Yeah. yeah, I'm so hard. <laughs> you know, all that right. nonsense. But like, um, but then years later, it kind of made sense, and it was like it was definitely a a uh, a possession of sorts. Yeah. You know, now I I have experienced that in a different level. Yeah, and when we start talking, okay. Prayer is a huge topic, first of all. Um, it's but been when like eight episodes right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. But when you talk about prayer and you talk about intercession, you talk about warring on the floor, yeah. there are times in your life when you're confronted with a real enemy that saying a mamby-pamby prayer is not going to get you through it, where just trusting in grandma's faith is not going to bring you out of it, Right. where it actually takes someone confronting you that knows what's going on inside of you and understands that that's not who you are right? and calls it out and commands it to leap. So there was a time where I went through a season in life where I got really offended and really hurt. I was betrayed by someone that I loved, I cared about. I thought that this person was different than who they were. And um, it didn't, it wasn't a good situation. And through a lot of turmoil and a lot of things that I went through because of this situation, it opened the door in my life for offense. And when I opened the door to get offended and I I received the ability to take that authority away from myself and give it to the enemy and say, yeah, you know what? It's worth me being offended over 
when I did that, I invited the enemy into my life. Right. So there was a period for about six or seven months where I was just very hard to be around. I was very grumpy. I was angry. I had a short fuse. I would go off at any moment's notice. If something wasn't my way, then it then it had to get out of the way. Like I was so enraged and mm-hmm. there were so many things that were going on inside of me that were confounding. I couldn't sleep at night. I was constantly hearing demonic voices. I had to go to sleep listening to metal music because it was the only thing that would drown out the voices. Wow. And this is me in a ministry school. Yeah. This isn't So when when we when we talk about war on the floor, we're talking about you're not coming into warfare in a fake fairy tale war. This is war yeah. that you're in right now. When you became a Christian, you entered the battlefield with a yeah. target on Fully. your chest Fully. and you acknowledged I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. So in this instance, I'm going through months and months and months of demonic oppression. And I grew up in a faith-based church. I grew up in a a spirit-filled church and a spirit-filled house. So there was things that I knew weren't right, but I didn't know how to confront it. And I didn't know how to change it. I was more focused on changing the circumstances around me than I was changing what was happening on the inside of me. It's an independent attitude. Yeah. Independent. Exactly. I thought in my independence that I thought that I could take the circumstances and conform them to my will and it would change what was happening in my heart. But that's not how that works. So long story short, I had a dream in the middle of the night and this is one of the only like prophetic dreams um, that I've ever had. Um, It it was, uh, I'll just say it was the only dream. One of the only dreams that I know was God for sure giving me this dream. So in this dream, I was walking into a Coliseum. There was this huge revival going on and some, there were some speakers there, whatever. It was like the Roman Coliseum was like a huge, huge Coliseum. And I walk in the door with thousands of people. There's all these gates to enter in, just like a major sporting event. You have different uh, ways to come in. Yeah, Yeah. different tunnels to come in. So I walk in this one, and then there's this person, this woman that's in this, like, dark um, area in one of these alcoves. And she looks at me, and her face contorts, and her head spins all the way around, and she starts Mm -hmm. laughing. And I looked at her, and I got really like put off by that. And I was really like messed up inwardly because I knew it was a demonic manifestation because I had seen them personally in my life. And I've at this point, I hadn't casted out any demons yet, but later on I had been through other experiences where I actually casted out demons out of people. But in this moment, I'm sitting here freaking out because I'm like, wait, there's something wrong inside of me for that demon to be laughing at me and not being scared. Mm. Because I recognized in that moment, if I believe in Christ and Christ lives in me, then he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. So there must be something else living in me that isn't he. There you go. Yeah. So I start freaking out in this dream. I'm like, oh my God, I got to go get fixed. So I run <laughs> literally in my head. That's, that's what I'm thinking. So I run to this, this uh, I find some janitor's closet. And I get on my knees and I start crying out to God. I'm like, Lord, like whatever this is in me, get it out of me, get it out of me, get it out. And all of a sudden in the dream, I kid you not, I get on my knees and it's like black smoke just coming out of my mouth. Oh, wow. Like this just ugh, like mess, Dang. just like sludge and like 
just demonic mess just comes out of me. And in that instance, as soon as I'm, I'm set free from this thing, all of a sudden the Holy spirit, it feels like he puts me on like a glove Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm one with God. Like, I feel like I know the intents and the heart of God. I, it it was like a, a feeling that was unreal. And after I get out of this closet, I, I immediately thought of that girl and I thought about that demon. I was like, she's got to get free. So I ran around the Coliseum. I'm on a different side of the Coliseum somehow. And I run all the way around to go find her. And in the midst of going to find her, there's two or three other people that um, manifested demons. And I cast all of them out. And I got back to her finally, trying to speed this up. Got back to her finally. And I stretched my hand out to pray for her. She flies up against the wall. And the demon comes screeching out of her. And then God tells me that she needs his spirit. And so I go to pray for her. She gets full of his spirit. She gets up and then that's the end of the dream. Wow. So after this dream, I wake up and I'm like shaking, like trembling and I'm crying and I'm like, God, what was that? Like it was a yeah. roller coaster, dude. Like I'd never had in a dream like that in my life. And um, fast forward a month later, I'm in, an, an, in a church service at a camp um, at this ministry school, traveling, go to this, this specific youth camp that we're doing. And the evangelist that I'm that I'm working for and working under and he's teaching me um, tells me that he's going to preach his message about offense that night on a phone call. And he tells me it's for me. And I start freaking out in my head. And I'm like, man, I don't need that. Like, I'm good. Like, I know who I am. Like, I don't have any offense. And so he tells me this. And I'm like, OK, yes, sir. All right. Bye. And then <laughs> and then like. Lo and behold, everything, every every point of the message, every quote, every scripture was just ripping my heart open the entire time when I was in that service. And I just start shedding tears. And we get down to the end of the service in the altar call, and he brings me up um, to the front. And, well, actually, I should say this. Everybody stood up. I went down there to get ready because I would also help like catch people and stuff if he prayed for them. So if they, if they fell, they wouldn't get hurt. So I get down there to get in position and then I'm just getting so messed up and start crying because the presence of God is so thick in that place. And then he walks across the stage and he sees me and he starts laughing and he's like, yeah, I told you, I told you. He's like, you needed this. That's good. And so he comes down and he grabs uh, my hand and he walks forward with me and he was like as soon as you put your foot right here the presence of the Lord is going to hit you and and soon as I step forward and I put my foot down like a weight like I can't explain just dropped on me and like I felt like I was praying but it felt like some, it felt like my intestines and everything were like this sounds kind of gross but it sounds like it felt like it was like coming out of my mouth like it was like a hard pain. Like yeah. it, it, it was something weird I've never experienced, but I was like praying on my knees, crying out to God for him to get rid of this offense. And in this moment, I'm getting delivered of this offense. And God reminds me of the dream I had a month before that. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, oh my God, it was offense. That's what it was. That's what you were trying to show me. But after that moment, like, my life was completely changed. Like I've been given multiple opportunities 
this was like four or five years ago. I've been given multiple opportunities to take offense over stuff, but it became easier and easier and easier to let it go and easier and easier to not allow that thing to take grip in my heart again. Dude. And it, it was insane. That is awesome. Like, all right, first off, I had a dream similar, uh, not exactly like that, but like after I left student ministry, mm. um, I didn't have any offense. I, I was more uh, burdened by the situation around me. And, and like I did stupid, I made stupid decisions based on, you know, bad, you know, environment, I guess. Gotcha. I say. And, but anyway, um, he, uh, PC said this weekend and, and put that whole come to me, you know, all who are heavy burden, like, Seriously, he said it in a way that like was so simple and so PC. Yeah. Like so and whenever I say PC, I'm not talking about politically correct. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about so the yeah. way he puts things. Yeah. And it reminded me of all of that, all in just one shot. And that was he said, um, he said, speaking as God, he says, come to me with your weighty stuff. And I will exchange it with my light stuff. Yeah. And that so defines who God is. Right. He's saying, you don't have to carry this burden. Like, this is not yours to bear. Yeah. And uh, offense, you know, all of the major hangups that we we get, we find ourselves caught. I mean, so many people leave positions in a church. Right. And, and leave good relationships due to weighty junk. That has built up and really it's God like saying, have a relationship with me and I will show you how to have a relationship with others where you don't have to worry about what you think they think or what you think about them. Mm. But it's all about what I think about everything. Right. And it's like that weight just goes, we yeah <laughs> dude it's it's but it's gotta be daily it's but got, it's got it's got, it's got just, and, well i mean it's like my wife i can't have true intimacy without speaking to her daily well matthew six eleven talks about um asking god for our daily bread yeah um and one thing i noticed when we were talking about manna when god would send manna to the israelites it was only good for that day right mm. so they would have to get that manna again the next day it kept you said you know, you were trying to be independent, you know? Yeah, right. And if you try to hoard your mana, mm. I mean, it's not it's not going to last for the next day. It There were people who tried to get more mana so they would have enough for the next day, but it would be no good the next day. You have to be dependent. Like, that kept them dependent on God. Like, right. I have to get my mana the next day, and I have to be dependent on God in order to get that. Yeah. Right. So you have to get your mana prayer daily. Mm. That's you good. You have to keep and and war on the floor starts with you. You have to before you can start praying freedom for others. You can't. You, <laughs> you have That's to be so free good. of some yeah. stuff yourself. Yeah. And a lot of people get stuck in that pattern of oh I'm good I'm good I'm good I'm good. Yeah. Mm. And then nobody. <laughs> well, nobody intends to stray. It's, oh. gr- it's gradual. That's so good. Yeah, dude. There's a quote from Abraham Lincoln, and it says, 
I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming, overwhelming conviction that I had absolutely no other place to go. Oh, and, wow. and that was a former president, you know, yeah. that literally said he couldn't take, I don't even know when this was said before his presidency or, or, you know, but literally I had to get right. I had no other answer, no other choice, Yeah, but to get down and get myself right with God, pray. Yeah. And, you know, that's per perspective here is, like you said, you need to get right so that you can help others get right. Yeah. Right. That's good. Well, I think for me, when it, and I know this is, this is so true, is your relationship determines God's response. Mm. Um, because honestly, any in any relationship, you have to cultivate the relationship. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And you you can't get the response that you want. You can't get the response from God because where is your relationship with Him? Is He in the center of everything? So basically, if you if you think about it, He He needs to be in the center. So that means whether you think to the left or you think to the right you always got to pass back through the center. So you got to get to go from the right to left. You got your head has to come back through the center. So if your head, if your head was straight centered and you look to the right, to the right, and then you try to go back to the left, it has to go through the center. What's in front, what should be in front of us. Yeah. Right. It has to go back through the center. So with that being said, everything that you do needs to be filtered through the center. Yeah. Wow. So, so if everything is filtered through the center, then I'm in, then I'm in, I'm in one with him, you know? And so like, for me, it's like, when I, when I think about having a, uh, having a relationship with God, it's like, I just, I just talk to him. Like, like I'm talking to one of you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's, it's things that I already know he knows because he knows everything. Right. But but it's just the thought of me just just talking to him. You know, what is he to you? You know, is he the man upstairs? Um, is he the big man? Is he, or is he father? Right. Yeah. Is he, you know, I mean, what you consider him as is going to, is going to determine everything how you approach him yeah how you it's going to determine it's going to determine everything it's like it's like okay so let's say this say you got a friend right that that's supposedly your friend but any but and you're sitting there and you're watching TV and then you see his number come across and you and you don't answer the phone because you think he wants something he might interrupt your schedule <laughs> or not even necessarily that. It's like, what if he's one of those people who, oh my gosh, what does he want? Like, you know, he he's trying to get you to do something. I know exactly. Not what you're not about. not just calling you, not just calling you to say, you know, how what's you up? Yeah, how you doing? Or just just to commute, just to commune with you. You know, I mean, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I'm like, trying to I'm trying to put this like very simple, but it's really hard to do because it's like. Basically, your relationship with him needs to be everything. You know, I mean, he's got to be one of those people that you just that without a shout of a doubt you want to call you or you want, or you want to talk to. Yeah, 
you know, what? you want to talk to, and it ain't, and it ain't got to be nothing. It don't have to be nothing to tie to it. No, I need, I need this, God. I need. Well, can you pray? Can I? Can you do this? Can you do this? No, because if you if you center in on Him, you automatically start gearing towards other people because right. all of your needs are being met because you're all because you're already in relationship with Him. He already knows your needs because you've been talking to Him every day. Right. Yeah. Man. So what I'm hearing from you is I what I when you're saying that what all I can hear is prayer is relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer is relationship. Yeah. yeah. Well, Prayer is your relationship with God. Right. And and how do you define that relationship? Is it a checklist of of things you need, or is it basically saying, God, what do you want? God, what do you want from me today? God, and or, or let's get even more raw uh, at at what level are you communing with Him with? How specific are you being with God? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at look at the relationship dynamic between Elijah and Elisha, Elisha served Elijah for years. I mean, he washed his hands, he did yeah. he carried his bags, he did whatever he could to get close to the prophet. And the reason he did that because he knew that he was a man of God and he was anointed by God. Right. So the only reason that Elisha was able to inherit a double portion anointing from Elijah was because he stayed close to Elijah. And Elijah told him, what you're asking me for, when Elisha said to him, before you leave me, I want a double portion anointing. Elijah says to him, if you will stay close to me and you see me before I depart, you will receive what you're asking for. Amen. And that's the only way that we receive anything from God. Yeah is by staying close to him. If we seek after him, we're going to receive whatever it is that we need provision for because he is the provider. You know, I was just thinking about it this way, and this is kind of a crass way to think about it. Um, and this is kind of stupid, so we might edit this out. But <laughs> if you think about the natural world, you think about all of these young, beautiful women that grow up in this society where they can go viral online because of their outward beauty and how they can receive financial payment and all this other stuff and all of these privileges given to them because of their outward beauty. So what do they do with that? They go to try to find a sugar daddy. They go to try to find some man that's well off that can pay for their college, that can pay for all these different things, pay for handbags, whatever they want. Anything they ask them for, it's paid for. But what do they do? They go to find this person to be in relationship with them so they can receive the benefits mm. from that relationship. They don't really care about him being old, about all that other stuff. What they're after is the money. What they're after is the right. resources. Right. We have to be careful as the body of Christ yeah. that we're not seeking the Lord as our sugar daddy. Right. That we're not seeking him just to receive everything that is a benefit that we know that he has. Because right. he is infinite. He has all the resources. He owns the cattle on the, on the thousand hills. Yeah, exactly. You know, he owns everything that there is. But if we're only seeking after him for what we can gain from him, then we're never going to know him at all. Yeah, we'll miss it completely. But, is that, but see, that's my thing. That's my point. Is that really a relationship? Right. Yeah. I mean, is that really a relationship if all I, if all I do is go to him and want, 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 want? You're right. not cultivating anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm trying to, 
Gosh, like I really like what is going on in my head right now. Like I really want to get it out, okay? But I'm trying to. I'm trying to. <laughs> you need a pen? No, I might because no, it's just it's Show just. Show me a, a picture. That's what crayons. He ate them. Dinner. No, but I mean, I mean, if you, but if you think about it though, I mean. As a relationship goes on, as you develop a relationship, your whole context of that relationship begins to change. So then you start talking about different things. Yeah. So like when you say like, you know, don't expect God to answer your wimpy, wimpy, bimpy, whatever you call them, prayers. <laughs> yeah. They're always going to be wimpy, bimpy if you don't cultivate the relationship. Right. Because if, if you cultivate the relationship, your prayers begin to change because you because you're beginning you're starting to know him, right? Yeah. So then, when you know somebody, it's like or like right now when we're all spending time with each other, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you taking his notes, what he said, like, yeah, because you you're starting to get that relationship with him. So you know that like when you when you come to him, the things that you that you used to pray for. You don't pray for them anymore because because he's already taken care of those old things that you pray for. Yeah. You know, you're already starting to see you're starting to see your whole mind shift, your whole mindset turn around because you're spending time with him. Yeah. And then I thought another thing when you just when you're talking about um Elijah and uh, and uh, Elijah and Elijah, he asked for a double portion, right? Yeah. Okay. And he's like, Well, as long as you stay close to me. You know, you can have that. But I just got to thinking about something. If he was already following him, he was already in a portion already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you think about it, because if God was already, if he if God was already blessing, is it Elijah or Elisha? Elijah. Elijah. Okay. <laughs> if God was already blessing Elijah and Elisha, was right there with him, he was already in a blessing to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And he'd been following him around. And yeah. he said, hey, if you or if you see me before, and it's like, why wouldn't I see you? Because I'm already with you all the time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. He was mm-hmm. already in a yeah, he like, was already in a blessing because he was following him anyway. God yeah. was already on his yeah. mentor. Yeah. 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 So yeah. if God is already on your mentor and then the mentor sees something in you, yeah. and he's pouring his life into you, Yeah, you're already in the blessing. I, yeah. Like, make sure, now, make sure now, you're careful about your mentor. No, no, no. <laughs> look, That's true. Hey, make sure like, you're I, look, careful look, about look, your mentor. But see, but, see the, but then the defining, <laughs> bro, the, the, the defining line was, is Elijah had... His mindset had changed too to the point where he knew that there was going to be something left behind. Yeah. Yeah. That he had to pick up and take it further. Yeah. Well, even even the fact that he understood that the anointing wasn't something to be played with. Right, uh, yeah. right, right. It wasn't right. just the it wasn't him going to Superman asking Superman for his powers. You know, it wasn't like I right. want to fly or I want to burn holes and stuff by looking at it. No, this was <laughs> This was Elisha realizing the weight of the anointing that this man carried, that he had the power to shut the heavens by one prayer. 
Right. And he had the same power to access God by getting down on his knees and praying for rain. And then it prayed and then it rained after three years of a total drought because he started the drought. Because right. God positioned him in a place there we and go. said, This is my man who's been called by my name. Tell Pharaoh this is what's happening. Or tell the king, not Pharaoh, but tell the king this is what's happening. But he prayed, and people wanna they want to say that he prayed for no rain to come. Yeah. And then it was like, that was it. He just prayed the one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He didn't pray just one time. He mm-hmm. prayed, yeah. uh, what was the word that, you, that was used in the Bible? I can't remember. It was, it was along the lines of consistency. Yeah. Fer- fervently. Was it fervently? Fervently. Yeah. He prayed fervently. That was, that's not a one-time prayer. Right, right, right. But he, Elisha understood because he had been walking with him and serving this man of God that he saw that the anointing was something to be used for God alone, not for his own devices, not for his own celebrity status, not for his own stuff. And when you look at it before Elijah went up, there was a separation between the crowd that had been following Elijah, um, and they stayed on one side of the river. When Elisha went with Elijah to a deeper place, and went with him before he got taken up in the in the cloud or in the the fiery chariot um, that God came down and swooped him up and picked him up. Before that happened, there was a separation between those that were just following, and then there was a separation between the mentor and the mentee, and and the mentee is right there with him, and stayed with him and saw him be taken up and his mantle fall, so that he could then go and strike it on the water on the river in front of them that had been seeing the same minister, seeing the same person had been flowing under the anointing of God, doing all these things. He then takes his cloak. They recognize the cloak because all of a sudden when he strikes the water, something happens. (laughs) And it was that anointing that fell. So Elisha, when he received that anointing, he wasn't just asking for a selfish thing. He was asking because he understood the beauty and the, the unique opportunity that was at hand that if he would just ask, he would receive something that could further the kingdom of God throughout the earth up until his passing. Yeah. But see that, but there, but see, then it go, there it goes again, that relationship thing again. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Because if it's I, all about, yeah, because if I wouldn't have been, if I wouldn't, if he wouldn't have been in com- communion, if he wouldn't have been in just having the relationship with him that he had, he, he wouldn't, he would have been right there with the crowd. Yeah. Right. And he would have never went with him. Yeah. You know, so, I, you know, honestly, I think for sure your relationship is going to determine how you, how you pray. Yeah. What you pray for. I mean, it's just going to, it's going to determine the how, when, how, when, what, how, you know, how, when, what, how. It's going to determine, <laughs> it's going to determine the whole structure of of the of your prayer period right right right. um so i mean i'm well no i get what you're saying like let's take uh let's take common relationships and just kind of put it in perspective like it's one thing if i go and have a conversation with like you know a good friend of mine that i haven't seen in a while and like you know, I'm like, hey, you know, how's it going? You know, what's up? Things been going good? Yeah, things been going great. You know, all that good stuff, you know, and you have just a standard conversation. It's another thing that I go to even my, like, say my sister, 
and I speak to her, it goes way deeper. But then whenever I go and I speak to my wife, it's like super intimate. It's like, it's, it's like a connection that you can't get with any other relationship. It, there's no, you know, there's no, um, well, I mean, dude, you could put in a whole different perspective. I mean, there's a reason that we, as the body of Christ are called the broad, right? Because it's a level of intimacy that, um, you can't only, only a groom and a, and a wife can have. Right. Right. Uh, there's a level of intimacy there that goes beyond family. Yeah. That goes beyond friendship that goes beyond it's, um, so much deeper and it's like she can call me out for my garbage and it cuts way deeper but in that cutting it there's a healing wow so it's like it sounds like the holy spirit it's exactly like the holy spirit like it's saying you don't need this mm. let me cut this away but what I'm going to put there is going to be way more beautiful than what you ever had there. Come on. And, and you can't get that without having a deep level of understanding both sides. And sometimes we don't understand. Yeah. Because our finite minds cannot understand an infinite. I mean, you yeah. can't, you can't get your head around god all the time like you just that's you true. cannot yeah. understand all the things that he is capable of doing right but a lot of people don't know what to pray for because they don't know what god's will for and god's will for their life is um and in matthew 7 7 it says ask and it will be given to you that doesn't mean genie in the body uh bottle style stuff it's not you know gimme 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 it's ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find Knock and the door will be open to you. You see, ask, you see, seek, and you see, knock. Mm. If we know his will, we know what to ask for right. because it will line up, line up with his will. Yeah. Amen. Now, if we don't know his will, we seek it. We try to seek his will. Now, if we know his will, but the prayer isn't being answered, that's when we start knocking. Mm. And we knock and knock and knock and knock and knock until the door is opened because we are confident in John 3.16's message that none should perish. Right. Yeah. So if we know that God does, he wants nobody to perish. That is why he sent his son and that we could be free of things. We know what to ask for because we know what we're trying. That's where the intercessory prayer comes in. Yeah, we got to find we got to fix us first, like by going to God, let him work on us. Then we can start working on uh, interceding for others. Yeah. Your uh, what you just said brought like I visioned it. OK, you said ask, seek and knock. Right. What's it says? And all right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play out like a scenario and just envision it for yourself. OK, you're asking is. You know your first foremost prayer. Like that's my that's my prayer first. Okay, like you said, it's not happening. Then you seek it. Okay, and then the knocking. You're you're just going. All right, I'm gonna take it in perspective of a praying. 
and this is just for me envisioning because it's it's how I feel when I pray. You get on your knees and you block everything out. Okay. You don't need any distractions because there's a relationship that you need to get with right now. And there's only one person you need to speak with. So you block everything out. And now your focus is deep. It's not just, Lord, help me through this. Lord, I need this. Lord, no, it goes deeper now. It goes to a place where it's beyond our realm. It's beyond where we are right now. Our prayers are cutting the atmosphere right now. Like you are in a position where you are standing with your God and you are talking to him. That's your prayer. That's what you do. And you are right there with him and you are 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 warring or are asking or pleading to him because you are in his presence. And mm. that's where you go with prayer. And in the war on the floor prayer, that's where you go. You're you're getting to a place where you're out of your comfortable zone of I just want something or I'm just praying. And you're into a deep place that only you and him are at. And when you get there and you know that's it, that's where you're at in prayer. Because I know when I pray, there's sometimes, and I ain't going to lie, there's sometimes where I, I feel like I hit a wall. And yeah, I'm yeah, like, it happens. God, I, I, I'm i praying, I'm praying, but I, I can't, I can't. And then there's sometimes where I have busted through somewhere and I am drenched in tears and I am just overwhelmed. And I know I've reached that place. I know I've reached that prayer. I know I've, I know that prayer is going to come to pass because I've done everything on my end to bring it to to God at his feet. And I just, when you said ask, seek and knock, it was like, ask, uh, uh, seek, uh, uh, you're not there yet. Knock, go in. Yeah, because you already get there. Well, that's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. The ask, like ask, you know what to ask for. If you don't know what to ask yeah. for, you seek his will. And if you, if you don't know his will, you have to knock. knock. Yeah. Like, and then I mean, you enter in that place. Yeah. You have to seek, you're in you, there. you have to seek until you find his will. And then you gotta, you know what to pray for. And well, then, see, and you can take that in context, even for the, for the brand new believer. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the, yeah. the, the first thing you do is you ask Christ into your heart. Yeah. And then once you do that, you want to you cultivate that relationship more. Well, so here, here, here's that seeking part again. Yeah. That's you what know. I was, the tree analogy I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You, that knocking, that's that, those roots. Pre, that's like pressing in. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Exactly. The, roots, well, well, the because, roots are but, searching for what they need. Right. But right. The, the further they go, the stronger that tree gets. Well, see, and that's the thing. The more the more that you seek him, the more that you seek him and you start finding him, you want to knock. Yeah. 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 You want to knock because you want to keep coming back to him. Yeah. You know, it's like, all and, right. Enter his gates on Thanksgiving. All right. It's like, all right, Dad, I'm home. You know? And then all of a sudden you start realizing that you have a key. Yeah. You have a key. So you don't so do you do you have to knock anymore when you got a key? No, because mm. mm. all right, see, okay. Bob, go ahead. Yeah. Do you have to knock anymore when you got a key? Because 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 no. when you got a key. Bob's river dancing over here. Here's this, here's this, here's this deep, deep relationship thing again. 
Before you what? go, Bob, the relationship. Uh, I gotta, I gotta get okay, this. Okay, hit the, it, hit these it. quotes. Yeah, I'm hit sorry. It. Quote here, quote there. I'm Oprah. Boom, 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 boom. Everybody gets a quote. Everybody gets a quote. Anyway, this guy named Evangelist John Knox, not this guy. Evangelist. I mean, the, a reporter asked him. I've read this in my, my books. Um, reporter asked him about his prayer life and about his relationship with God, and they said, "Do you expect to go to heaven?" And his 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 response was. Why, sir, I already live there. And they were talking, he was talking about his prayer life. He's already in heaven. When he's in his prayer life, he's already there. Amen. Yeah. Mm, when you say relationship, it's like, boom, I'm already there. I don't, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't need to worry about going to heaven. I'm here now. I'm going there. I'm, I'm already, yeah. I'm already hit. I mean, it's heaven on earth. I'm exactly. Isn't, it, it, and, isn't that our job? Exactly. Yeah. Aren't we, aren't we supposed to be praying for kingdom on, you know, on earth as it is yes. in heaven. We're I seated mean, in it, heavenly places. Exactly. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is the whole point of the thing. And you can only get there getting to the holy of holies. You can only get there whenever you are boldly approaching the throne and saying, God, you are all I need. You are all I want. You are it. You yeah. are the yeah. only thing that matters. Amen. And while well, I was thinking about your your analogy, uh, Christian, Sometimes you have to knock until you find the key. Mm. There's sometimes you get to the door and you feel like this door should be opening because I know I have access, but you have to go back and find where your access point was mm. for that breakthrough on that specific thing. Uh. Sometimes it's about finding the key. Like God's already given us the keys because Jesus, like you're talking about, like our relationship with him, he's given us a key because Jesus took the the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he's given us back those keys of dominion. But unless we have that relationship with him and we're seeking out his word and finding the keys in his word, they will open the doors of our of our future. And that's what I was thinking about. Like when you're talking about like, you don't need a knock if you have the key. But I know like when you're talking about also, I've experienced too, like, there's times when I've been praying and I'm not seeing the fulfillment of it and I feel like I have to keep knocking. But then when I keep doing it, that's when I find the key. Yeah. Pressing in. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's what it was that I needed to pray. I'll find this scripture and it's just like I'll be in a in a dark season and all of a sudden I find the scripture and that's the scripture that hits home, that 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 everything all in one is right there for right now. And we even see it in our services. Yeah. We'll find this place after we've been pressing in worship, pressing in praise, and in warfare, and all of a sudden we'll hit this breakthrough point, mm -hmm. and that was the key to the service. That yeah. one song, that prophetic statement, that that scripture that was being read, that sermon being preached, whatever it was, that was the key to the service that opened up the heavens. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's how we've been taught how service goes is it it mimics the tabernacle and it's like you come through with praise and thanksgiving and then slowly you come into the altar and then you go into the holy of holies and it's like by the time you hit the holy of holies the walls have collapsed like yeah. the whole thing is just exploding and it's like you are overwhelmed by his perfect love his presence like is just enveloping you it's awesome and it is mind blowing and if if we pray that way intentional like come in with thanksgiving give it all to god like god everything is for you 
and then we go to the altar and say, you know, God, please, you know, take all of this heavy burden off of us. Mm -hmm. And then we enter into his presence and he's like, you know what, son, daughter, it's all good. I love you. I love you. And he just wraps his arms around you. Yeah. And it's like no greater feeling to know that your sin is not so bad yeah that he will ever not love you yeah he will always love you regardless right and that just i mean that should break your heart and blow your mind all at the same time (laughs) dude uh, i heard it said once uh i don't remember who said it so i don't know but uh a person out there you know take the credit but uh that is that the one thing that will break God's heart is the people that he is chasing after will turn away from him. Yeah. Uh, and dude, I like, if you think about it, imagine it, just imagine not being acknowledged after pursuing someone. So like fervently. Yeah. Like just saying, I love you. Yeah. I love you and just reaching out and them just pulling away. Mm. Not just that, the actual person you created. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine your son, your daughter. And that's one thing we need to be careful of right now. I think the devil is using an attack on us that is very specific, that looks like it's from God. Hmm. And that's why it's such a big deal today. We see it on the news, um, especially over the summer and earlier in last year. Um, we hear people screaming for unity. And I believe that's an attack from the devil. Mm. Hear me out. In this world, many people are on the quest for unity, but they're willing to sacrifice Mm. and devalue the importance of doctrinal truth in the Christian life. Amen. So you'll hear people scream, unity, but I'm for abortion. Yeah, right. Unity, but I'm a racist. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that don't make any sense at all right there. (laughs) I know that. You can't preach preach value of life if you vote for abortion that that's the direct that opposite is contrary of, yeah you it's the world is going to go contrary to the word of god yeah yeah so if you're screaming unity but don't have the doctrinal truths that a christian should be living by you you cannot have unity the only unity they want is the unity that has nothing to do with god Right. Compla- they they, just they want, want unity with their mindset, right. not the mindset of God. Yeah, I mean, Scripture talks about that. Yeah. You know, God said, yeah. if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of me. Right. If you're a friend of God, you're an enemy of the world. Unity you can't nice. have both. Right. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Yeah. 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 It's either one or the other. Not saying that we can't have unity right. between us as believers. We can, but we cannot give our unity to unrighteous causes and to unjust laws and to things of this world that are corrupt and evil by nature. 
and to the core. We cannot give our unity. So to be that. careful when you're praying for unity, because a lot of times you're going to be leaning towards, oh, you know, oh, I just hope God, you please unify these people, because if they're not willing to accept His ways, there will be no unity. Right. Yeah. Because in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And, I mean, his... And we... I can't remember the scripture, but it says his ways are greater than... Or his uh, mind is greater, or his will is greater than mine. Yeah. I don't remember that scripture, but it's it's there somewhere. But in this, this is going to blow y'all's mind. Blow Come it. on. Come on. Because it blew my mind when I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> nothing That's you, how you know it's from nothing God. Nothing you say that, blows our mind. Wait till you hear it. We expect this. Wait till you hear this. This is probably the most profound thing I've good, said yeah. yet. All right, let's hear All right, this. Bring it. All right, Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, that's that's really... If you think about that, that's really crazy to think. We were sinning against God, mm-hmm. and he still sent us a way out Yeah, to have a relationship with him. So I've heard many people pray. I mean, he, he sent his son. Think about this for a minute. For people that sinned against him, that were enemies of him, like you just said. Yeah, yeah. Sent his son to die. And we, we want to have that oneness with the mind of Christ. I've heard so many people pray that they can, like, dear God, you know, I want to be able to give my children the world because they want a better life for their children. That's what they pray. And the world won't bring a better life. What if we prayed for oneness with the heart of God and pray that we give our children to the world so that they, so that the world may come to know Christ? Hmm. That's good. It's hard to pray. Like, I've got three boys, and I want the very best for them. But the very best isn't what the world's offering. Right, right, right. right. So it's not, oh, you know, give them a great job that pays a lot, or give them a big house, or give them a nice car, or give them this and that. No. (sighs) Give them hell so they can conquer it. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Do that. Yeah. So if if, if Satan's wandering around, send that path my way. Mm. That's my prayer. So I can mm-hmm. take that territory back. That's yeah. my prayer. That's war on the floor. Yes. Yeah. And and it's hard to pray like that because you're thinking about your kids. Mean, my kids are little. And, you know, you're thinking, you know, I want them to have a safe life. But that's not what God wants. Yeah. Right. It's true. And if we really want to have the likeness of God, that's what it truly looks like. Many people don't pray like that because it just doesn't fit their narrative. Mm. We, if we want to talk there about, we we, we've talked about narratives and agendas on this podcast before. So it's only fair that we've got to fit God's narrative. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's scary, but we bring that petition to the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And because in Matthew six thirty three, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Like Christian was saying earlier, if you're living that way, it's going to come. Yeah. But it's not an easy prayer to pray, and it's not an easy life to live. Because I had a dream. I don't know if 
I told everybody here, but I had a dream about my middle son. And it was when we were first kicking off. I was on a stage with a group of guys. I don't even know if it was you guys. I just saw silhouettes because the lights were beaming on us. But there was like one microphone. And I, I feel like that was a unity thing. The correct unity. And I felt a tug on my shirt. And I turned around and it was our pastor. And I was like, what is going on here? Turn around. She starts pointing at a map. I've had maps coming to me in visions and dreams a lot. And I, I think it's a military thing. That's how you plan for missions is you recon. You know, mm -hmm. you, you got to point out the territory you're about to take. Specific. And she was pointing to the top of South America. She would hit the country three times. And then she would run her finger down the neighboring countries. Now, she did this like three more times. Like she would tap. She would point to it, tap three times, and then run her finger across the other other three or four countries that were next to it. And she kept doing that. And she said Linux. She would say Linux and then tap it. Linux and then tap it. She did this three or four times. I woke up and I was like, what in the world was that? I got to find a map because I didn't know what country was at the top of South America. <laughs> she was pointing at Venezuela. Wow. Mm. And then she would mm. run her finger. There was there's a there's a series of countries right there. A few countries right there. She would run her finger down. And I don't know what the point of that. I don't know the meaning of this dream. I just it was weird. But it seemed like Linux was being called out for a specific purpose and territory. Yeah, absolutely. So I know what to pray for. Mm. But if it's the mission field, that doesn't mean it's going to be an easy life. If it's going to be to support someone on that mission field, it's going to be a lot of hard work. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know what it is. I just know I had that dream, and I know that my son's name was called, a territory was pointed out, and I was with a group of men on a stage with one mic. Hmm. Called out by my leadership. There we go. There's some direction there. I don't like, like I said, when I get dreams and visions sometimes, I don't get them a lot, but the, the handful that I have experienced, it's hard to, you know, interpret that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Accurately. I'm not, I don't interpret dreams and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. We've, me and Jason have had discussions about that, about a dream he's had before, and I did the best I could, but it made, made sense in my mind. Yeah. But, <laughs> Yeah, but God knows. But God knows, and He's He let me see something. Yeah, and like you said, you now you you feel you need to pray into that, right? And that's what that that's what hit me the other day when this came to me about praying to give my child to the world. You don't hear people talk like that, no, because it seems like too great of a sacrifice. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, being a a a child that was given to the world for at least four years. <laughs> like when we were traveling and doing, you know, God's work, you know, by the grace of God doing ministry full time every single week, it was, it was a different kind of hell. It was the beauty of God's presence without the awesome, relationship of everyone you cared about and loved mm. it was like seeing the highest mountain it was like being moses going up to the mountain but being taken away from the people that you were called to mm. it was like ascending to this place 
where you get to see this outpouring every single week, every single week, every single week, and you're being filled up. Even when you don't feel like you're being filled up, you're being filled up and giving all this wisdom and knowledge that's being passed down because I was following in Elijah. I was following after a mantle. And because of that, there was a blessing that was poured out upon my life. And I'm not bragging about myself, but I'm actually setting this up because I felt like I felt like I'm supposed to confront something that you might be listening to this podcast right now and you might be wondering how in the world am I, am I going to have dreams and visions and encounters with God? Like all these men are talking about, I don't, I, when I pray, I feel like my prayers fall flat on the ground. When I read my word, I feel like I get tired and I want to sleep. If you're having these things going on, I believe right now there is a demonic assignment sent against the body of Christ for believers that want to press in. It's a sign directly for them, not for the ones that have been sitting on the back seat for a while, not for the ones that are sitting on the bench that never want to leave, but for those who are called to press in and those that are called to take the kingdom by force, there's an assignment sent against you to make you feel numb, to almost make you feel like nullified in your faith, as if you can't feel the presence of God, like you just can't get into it. And you need to know it is not you that is messed up. It is not you that is wrong. You need to keep pressing through and you need to bind every attack, every assignment, every negative voice. You need to cancel out social media. You need to cancel out anything that is a negative uh, interference that's coming into your life. And you need to find whatever that thing is that's trying to spoil the vine that little fox that's trying to come in and take your joy and take these fruits of the spirit that God has called each and every one of us to have in our lives. And you need to weed that thing out because you will experience God. If you keep seeking him, if you keep asking, if you keep knocking, the door will be open. We know that his word is a promise and it is true. It is not a lie. Just because you're not experiencing what you feel like you should be right now is not an excuse for you to stop pressing. We have to keep pressing. And in our pressing, that's when we find the relief that we've been looking for. That's when we finally lay our burdens down at his feet. That's when we finally see that we're actually sitting at a table prepared for us before the presence of our enemies. And God's providing for us in the midst of it all. And he's keeping us as his remnant held back from every attack of the enemy. And every time that you read your word, you're picking up the shield of faith. Every time that you pray and get on your knees, you're using the sword of the spirit. Every time that you are doing these things, it is not just going through the motions. You are making an impact on the spirit realm around you and making an impact upon your own spirit. Just keep pressing in and that demonic thing will be broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, man. I mean, Jesus Amen. needed prayer. Jesus right. never sinned, and he was pressing into God before and after victories. Amen. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's doing it, if he, if he did it when he was here in the flesh, then don't, like Daniel said, don't get discouraged. Jesus had uh-huh. to do it too. And sometimes it took him all night. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it took him all night sometimes. So, I mean... It's difficult, especially in our busy schedules. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just, I mean, keep this in mind, you know, 
he he's the father. You know, Jesus said he he only did what he seen the father do. Yeah. Right. And and honestly, if 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 he's the father, then and you're the kid, and you are the son or the daughter. There is a key for you. Period. You just gotta like this. It goes back to the seeking. You know, just you know, think about a little kid when they first when they when they're going home when you know when they first get to go home for the first time. You know, like by themselves, and and in the key. They got. They know it's their house because they go there every day. You know, they know that's their house. But let's say they're not gonna put the your your mom and dad ain't gonna put the key like right there, like tape it to the door where anybody can go in. Right. Yeah. The right. key might be under the mat. You know. So if the key is under the mat, what you got to do? You got to search for the key. It doesn't mean you. Ha- it doesn't mean you don't have access. Right. Say that. That don't mean you ain't got access. You know that's your house. Amen. And once you know that's your house and you know you got access, you just got to search for the key. So if you look under the mat and the key is there, guess what you can do? You can go in the house. That's right. Amen. Hey, you know what's funny? Man, this when you have access, sometimes you don't even know you have it or that you're in it. Yeah, right. Because I was just thinking about, I found this in my notes, um, Luke 24, 32. And this is when Jesus found the two walking down the road after he was crucified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After Amazing. he was resurrected. Mm-hmm. And they said, and this is after he left them. They said, they didn't know it was Jesus. Oh, I love this part. <laughs> they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Mm. They didn't even know, but their hearts burned within them. And and Jesus did the talking there. They shut their mouths. They listened to the scripture. They let Jesus talk to him, talk to them. And the hearts were burning while he did the talking, not while they did the talking. Um, and many people, like we, we talked about this earlier in the podcast, that many people want want prayer. They want prayer to be a one-sided conversation because they think it'll benefit them the most by them doing the talking. And people get disappointed because they feel they're not heard. They're discouraged we feel because they, they never... Um, took the time to let Jesus be heard. Wow. So there are even people who wouldn't shut up for an entire hour or a few hours of prayer and they wear it like a badge. Yeah. But didn't get anything out of the experience except pride. Like some of the Pharisees. Um, Cause they did it in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. They might've got a false burning heart from their ego. Wow. But not the burning heart that comes from just sitting in his presence. Hmm. So we we just got to stop talking and start listening sometimes. Press in. Try to get into his presence. Pray. Don't go in there just asking for stuff. Like, oh, God, you know, help me with this. Or, hey, God, be my strength for the day. Or, hey, God, don't let the day be stressful. Go into his presence with thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, praise him for who he is and what he's done. Not only to glorify him, but to remind yourself what he's already done for you. And then 
bring your petition before the Lord. Then talk about, you know, we talk about intercession, bring, bring those that you love and care about or anything that he brings to your heart, anything that he brings to you, pray about it. If it might, it might not even, you might not even know who the person is. Like Jason was talking about earlier, just start praying, be obedient, yield to it because it might be bringing freedom to someone else. Yeah. Here's the thing. What is the biggest, biggest thing? And we we can all we all have a significant other or you know someone in our life right now. What is the biggest thing in your relationship that makes it work? Food. Oh, there <laughs> is that. <laughs> Wrong. But uh, communication. Yeah, exactly. And it's not one sided. Exactly. So, yeah. You can speak and you can ask for prayer. But expect to hear. Yeah, she tells and me what she wants to eat, and to I get the it. Download it. You're going to get also. <laughs> All right, here. Let me let me Thanks expound on that. Let me expound on that. Uh, your relationship and prayer should not be a to do list. Oh yeah, there should not be a. Okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to pray for five minutes. Grab my coffee. Run out the door. Go to work. Act like a heathen. Say a bunch of garbage. Come home. Look at my wife like she's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, last five minutes before I go to bed. God, just make my my dreams be awesome. Okay, then go to bed, <laughs> wake up the next morning, do it all over again. The thing is, is you should have such a relationship with God and prayer that it's not a matter of posturing yourself so much physically. It's a matter of posturing your heart. So much so that even your wife thinks that you have a mistress in your home. Like, let me tell you a funny story. <laughs> what? This is just this. Is, like, no, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm serious. Whenever I say it, it's going call my attention right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I said that because you guys look like you were falling asleep. <laughs> like, no, but I'm no, definitely I, awake I, now. I, I, I'm serious. Whenever I say that, like someone who means just as much to right, you, right, 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 and is just as intimate with you. And, and when it, I think that's so like misunderstood, like whenever I say that, like some people have their job as their mistress. Some people have right. video games as yeah, their mistress. Yeah. Come on now. Like come on now. People, like they just, they, oh, I'm, I, I was going to bed the other night and like, you know, I like to like get in that nothing zone before I go to bed Same. because if I don't like, I will stay up all night. Like, so I have to get my brain in the shutoff mode. So, you know, I go to bed, I lay there, I'll turn something that is absolutely just mundane and stupid on the TV, like, you know, how it's made or something, you know, and, you know, something that's very just mechanical and it's like, okay, I can just, you know, commute with... Yeah, Bob oh, Ross. Yeah, I will sleep to Bob, Bob Ross. Dude, anybody can sleep to Bob. <laughs> Happy little trees. But no, in all seriousness, without getting that's, that's my too boy. silly, I'm laying there getting ready for bed. You know, I'm like, you know, putting my phone up and doing all that stuff. And I got my dog, like, you know, on the floor or whatever. And like, Tanya thought I was possibly like praying to the dog, <laughs> but I was just praying to God. I was like, you know, God, just you know, bless my home, bless you know, thank you God for everything you're doing, you know, and then started praying in tongues because, you know, the last thing I want to do is commune with God. Like I have had so many dreams, I guess is the best way to say it. Like God has revealed things to me 
that I never talk about um, because I believe some conversations are just meant to be private. Yeah. And, and um, that shows a level of, of trust and intimacy that, um, you know, I think God is seeking. Like he wants to show you things, not for the, not for the glamour and glitz of it all to, to go in front of a congregation and be like, Hey, this is what God showed me because I believe that's where you get that weirdness. Yeah. Not that strange fire. And yeah. That strange fire. But like, I think the, that conversation, that intimate trust between you and God is God saying, you know, um, I want to share things with you that are for you not for everyone else around you. And um, my wife just sits there and goes, <laughs> who are you talking to? Are you praying to the dog? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she heard me praying in tongues. And then like in the middle of it, I had to tell John to get up onto the bed and so, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was praying and like, I just, it started going super deep with God and then, but I had to get the dog on the bed. So like I, I stopped and then grabbed John and put him on the bed and then can like reinitiated and she was like are you praying to the dog <laughs> oh my like, god no i'm not <laughs> praying to the dog like what do you think <laughs> come on now like <laughs> uh, like so, the bed is your altar that yeah you just like, placed the bed him is the, like the bed <laughs> is the dog off. but no i mean seriously i mean even we've been known before you know we go to bed together like we'll pray over our bedroom and and just, yeah you know it it and it's it it is all about intimacy and and w are you found to be a s good steward even in your intimate walk with god mm. um man i don't know why that just convicted me so much i mean but if yeah, you if you see god up. first mm. he won't be a last resort i mean like if you're if you're seeking god first down the road, that's what it's going to look like. You you pray. Exactly. It, it's just something that you look forward to doing constantly. And you don't have to, like, clock out, you know. You can be praying <laughs> yeah. on, on, anywhere you're at during the day, whether you're cooking or driving or working or what you can be. Amen. You can be praying throughout the day if you just need some time with God. I know yeah. a dude. I know a dude in a bucket truck that prays over a city all day. That's awesome. I'm I'm just saying, like that that dude, uh, he just prays over the city all day. Oh yeah, I, I tell you what, look, I I try to keep that passenger seat clear because I don't get Amen. in there by myself. That's right. And that's you know, I mean, I God, it's not. I don't put him on the back seat. You know, when I get in the car, he's in the front seat with me. If I go walk somewhere in a rear easement, he's there with me. You know, I mean, and that's the way I look at it, you know, just wanting to be in his presence all the time. Right. You know, his presence dwelling with me all the time. And I will do anything to have that. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And I think when we get to a place where we where we where we long for that, mm -hmm. it's like, man, God, I just want to be in your presence all the time. You ain't even got to say nothing. Yeah. I just want you there. Right. Just just the sheer just the sheer feeling of you being there 
I know you're there. So if you're there, that means anything is possible in that town. People think that hell is a place. But to me, hell is a separation from God. That's exactly right. I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Separate Mm. me from God and I'm in hell. I mean, that's that's basically it. I mean, so that relationship, I want him there. Because that's, I mean, that's. That's the whole foundation of love. I mean, how do you know how to do anything without love? Right. You right. know, I mean, we we've talked about, you know, the relationship with with, you know, with your with your significant other or or whatever the case may be. But, you know, obviously it says, you know, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, when I think about that, I mean, Christ is love. Yeah. yeah. Totally. How do, how do I know how to have a relationship? Love and action. Yeah. How do I even know how to have a relationship? Period. If I don't know him. Yeah. If he's the yeah. one. If he's the true. The true. Um. Example of love. Yeah. You know that. That's why. That's why. You know. If if me and my wife are get into a disagreement or we're not seeing eye to eye on something. That's why you hear me say all the time. I know my role. Yeah. I know my I know my role to her. Even though we don't agree on certain things. But my my job is to love her as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we don't agree, does that mean I don't love her? No. I have to love her like Christ loved the church. Yeah. So I always have to go back to my role. It takes a lot of effort. Uh, and and that, <laughs> I mean, not, I'm not saying to you specifically. I'm saying <laughs> no. Like, I know you're not. Any I relation, know you're not. any relation, it takes effort. I, I mean, relationships I, take effort. I I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking about what Daniel said earlier with with Elijah and praying for the rain to stop. Mm-hmm. And Jason reminded me that the word was fervently. I couldn't remember, <laughs> but I mean, fervor in in the Greek it means. Energy or stretched out, kind of like an athlete stretches through the like for the finish line. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's an that's love in action. That's effort, a lot of effort because you're stretching yourself out and putting forth the energy necessary to run the race well. So we should be pressing in and doing that in prayer. Yeah, yeah, putting that into our relationships. And like you said, and, and, you know, Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So Mm -hmm. to truly love yourself, if you love yourself, you're going to want that relationship with God. Well, because to truly love yourself, you have to want that because that is the best thing possible for you to have. So you will want that and then you will be able to love others more effectively. Well, because you're getting closer to him. Right. You're getting closer to him. And by you getting closer to him is teaching you how to love other people. Yeah. And and, and, and it's teaching you. And the thing is, if you think about it in these terms, he's the one who created you. Mm-hmm. So if he created you and you're loving him, you're te- he's going to teach you how to love his creation. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what's also important about this topic, war on the floor, the more that you go into battle on the floor, the more that you pray and intercede, the more that you become familiar with your weaponry, 
Mm. Uh, oh, wow. That's good. Mm. The more that that's you good. get used to killing spiritual giants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the more that you stop trying to put on Saul's armor, but you take up there you go. Your weaponry. Take There's my, that. Don't we take my topic, man? I'm just oh, saying, dude, when, I'm gonna blow you away. I know you one. had it first. To be fair, <laughs> I didn't know about it though. No, it's all good. It's all but good. But when, but when you're consistently doing the war on the floor, when you're doing the the heavenly mosh pit, <laughs> when yeah. you're when you're worshiping God and you are giving Him everything, your armor's changed. You yeah. become more flexible. You yeah. become more dynamic. You come more. You become more unshakable. You become right. a force to be reckoned with. You like David said, even more undignified. You fit, will I become? You fit into your calling. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, dude, but, you know what? Have I you, think have, it's funny about the armor. Go, go ahead. ahead. You know how people they list the armor, mm-hmm. and at the end they leave out like prayer. They just, I mean, because I mean, I I get where they're coming from because it's people put on the different pieces of armor, but they can put on prayer too. Mm. That's a pe- that's a part of the armor that shouldn't be left out. Um, and I, and they're like, well, prayer, you know, that's communication. That's not really a weapon. And I'm like, one, it's a weapon and it's protection. Mm-hmm. And they say, when I say that to people, they ask, well, how is it a weapon? And I'm th- I've said, think of a soldier who's in the midst of battle. Who has a radio? Okay. That radio has contact with their superiors who have access to all types of artillery. It has access to um, air support, medevac, QR. Sorry, QRF means quick reaction force. So if you need reinforcements, like people to come help, it has access to that. That communication line is a weapon because it brings force to take on the enemy. Amen. Well, so, and it has protection to help pull you out of that situation, to prepare you and heal you up and find freedom so you can take on other situations in the future. That is awesome. I love that. Like, who do you think the Sons of Thunder was like radioing into to call down yeah. fire? I'm just saying, uh, uh, dude, uh, that just jazzed me up. Like, and you were talking about the Sons, of, and you were talking about Jazz. the Sons of Skiva earlier. Yeah, um, they had a radio, but it didn't work. Oh, not they dude. weren't. They weren't, oh. dude. You know who's dead? Daniel. Yeah. yeah, Daniel's radio worked. Christian, you had something in, to say. I'm sorry I cut you in, off, man. You're good. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. In defiance of those around him, he still called. He still called his superior. Yeah, and even when he thought he had interference, after 21 days, he yeah. realized he had got through. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Because he was because he was consistent with it. Yeah, right. He was fervent with it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Dude, man, so good. Dude, I love that analogy. Well, of the it's, radio. I mean, the radio, that's that's a sensitive item. It is. It's part of it your is. uniform when well, you're out in battle. It's why do you like, think, like, like, well, you know, let's take Jocko. Jocko, whenever he starts talking about the teams, mm-hmm. he always brings up the radio. And it's because it is one of the most vital pieces of equipment that you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. It's also one of the pieces of equipment that's normally updated very often. 
And so you have to stay up on how that piece of equipment is used. And we come full circle to communication. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. communication. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's our lifeline. Yeah, exactly. Dude. The enemy will try to get our radios overseas. Yeah. Because they want to be able to, like you were just talking about, have they want to be able to cause interference or intercept messages and plan attacks. And I'm telling you, when, when we found out that, I mean, it didn't happen to our unit, but we found out some enemy had a radio that was theirs, but they somehow, I don't know how they did it, but they somehow got our fill. Oh, wow. Mm. So they were able to listen in and set IEDs and things like that. Now this didn't affect us. We didn't have, we didn't get hit by them or anything like that, but we found out that the enemy got some radios and they were actually using the radios for IEDs because they knew that, uh, we would stop to pick them up because it's a sensitive item wow. and they would set, they would set it off. So, I mean, the enemy's going to try to blackout communications. Yeah, yeah. dude. Dude. He's going to so, try to attack you when you go to pray. Yeah, when you go to yeah. pray, it's going to feel yeah. like you're dude. hitting a wall. It's going to feel like God's <laughs> not there. He's going to feel like God's not listening. It's going to feel like you're not worthy. Mm. So press in, be fervent. Yeah. You're, you're going to. I think the best way I, I don't, I don't have the words for it, but one of my favorite authors, O.S. Hawkins, um, he said the humble prayer is approached with integrity, mm. asked with intensity and answered with immensity. Wow. wow. That was, what from, a guy. that was from the James code. Yeah. What a guy. And James was Jesus's brother. Yeah. Right, yeah. So he would know about communication. Yeah. True. When I came up with this war on the floor, when, well, all right, when the Holy Spirit provided <laughs> this to me, because I ain't going to take no credit for this, um, it was mainly for people to understand that prayer works. Mm. Okay. I want to leave, if it's okay, I want to leave on a little short story of how I'm sitting in this seat today. And it was because of prayer. And I've said it before, I just want the audience to hear that I am at a place right now that I'm thankful for God that I'm at around people that I am, I mean, surrounded by you guys, that there's, there's just so much of a relationship with us that it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's beyond great. So I was never a churchgoer. I went to church when I was a kid a little bit, but I just never really tapped into church or God. I knew God as myself, as just God. Like there was no relationship, nothing to him, but just there was somebody that made me and he was God. And me and my wife decided to try churches. We tried a few, didn't pan out. A friend of hers told her to come to a church and join her. And so she went. My schedule at the time was working. I was working on Sundays and I couldn't go. So she went and I'm a big music guy. Music is like strong in my life. It always been and everything. So the first thing she came back to me was, is you need to come with me. You'll love this place worship. You'll love the music. And that's what she's, she knew how to get me. I mean, she's my wife. She knows me. That's what she's going to tell me. <laughs> You're going to love the music here. You got to hear it. If she said anything else, it probably wouldn't intrigue me. I ain't gonna lie. At that time, it wouldn't have. Um, so 
it was a couple of times of her doing that. It wasn't the first time. And I was like, okay, I'll go. You know, it was hesitation there. And I, I can't go. I'm a, I I got to work. I could easily said I didn't have to work that day and not go. But that was my excuse. So anyway, I'll shorten it up a little bit. I eventually go. And I will not lie that that music took me. And then seeing our brother over here up on stage just giving his all, you know, just just the just the everything i mean and and it caught me okay so i couldn't go right back because i was at a job that could i eventually started coming after i got rid of that job i can't went away from that job i started coming and i was just coming to church casually you know i didn't know about church i didn't know what church was like that i didn't, especially this church <laughs> this was completely new to me um so i started coming but then I started to get stagnant and going back to my ways of, I just, I just, it's not for me. It's not, it's not me. That's, that's, that's not, that's not what I'm in it for. It's, that's, that's not what I'm doing. So we came home one Sunday and I was depressed and I told her, I said, I'm not going back. And she said, why? I said, it's just not for me. This is not my thing. And I went to bed that night. And I told God and cause I had been going a couple of Sundays. So, you know, I'd, I had heard people say, you know, seek God, you know, speak to God. So my prayer was always the once, you know, it was the once. So I said, all right, God, I'll try it out. If I'm supposed to be here, I need you to come to me. I need you to tell me that I'm supposed to be here. So then I don't want to sleep. And when I say, and, and this is the reason I'm telling this people, because I had an encounter with God and I woke up at three in the morning and I looked at a clock and my eyes were wide open, but my body was not moving. I was awake, but couldn't move. And I heard a audible voice tell me, beware, be ready, get up get ready, go. And I closed my eyes. And the next thing I know, it was daylight. I got up shaking because it wasn't a dream. I know what I heard. I know how I felt. And I got up. The reason I say this story is because I walked out to, it was our apartment. We had a patio. I went to my wife and I looked at her. I said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I said, I think God spoke to me last night. Her face turned white as a ghost. And she said, I prayed last night direly for him to come to you to show you that you did not need to leave, that you, we need to be there. And she said, I prayed for you and for him to come speak to you. And that right there is a story that, that changed my life. That that thing, that incident that happened to me was a turning point in my life because I would not be sitting in this seat right now with you guys talking to other people about how prayer works. And it does work because it changed my life because my wife had the uh, audacity to reach deep and go into another place to God for me. 
And that right there was her warrant on the floor for her husband. And mm -hmm. I thank God every day that my wife prayed for me. Amen. Because I did. I I don't believe it was my prayer when because my was a selfish prayer. God, if you want me to go, then you got to come to me. God don't work that way. Mm -mm. It was her prayer and saying, God, go to him, please. He needs you. And I know where he needs to be because my wife knows me all too well. And she, I mean, she planted me here, really. She put me here. So I just want to end that to people out there listening that if you feel like your prayers are stagnant, if you feel like your prayers aren't working, trust me, prayers work. And that means that you should get down on the floor. And, and that is, you know, metaphorically speaking, you know, some people sit on couches and pray. Somebody stay, some people stand and pray. But when I say on the floor, I mean down in another place and you fight for what you are praying for. You go there. You have an intention on prayer. You don't go to prayer in a selfish act. You go to prayer on a selfless act and you just do it because it will make a difference and it does make a difference. Mm. So with that, I'm going to pray us out and hope, hope everyone just is, has confidence now to do prayer in their life a different way and look at it in a different way. Amen. Amen. So father God, we come to you right now and we thank you for being able to, to get this word out here on, to to the masses and to let people know that lord your relationship with us is intertwined with the prayers of of us lord we speak to you in prayer and it's our communication to you god it's communication to you and for you to give it back to us lord we go to you in prayer to war for ourselves and war for others lord we a prayer is the key to us in this life in this on this world on this earth right here Lord, we, we pray and thank you for giving us this, this benefit of communication, Lord. And we take prayer right now, and we put it at the forefront of everything we do, and we will battle with prayer, and we will see things change, and things will change, not only for us as uh, individuals, but it will change for our nation, it will change for the nations, and it will change for the world, and it will be a blessing for others and in your prayer. War on the floor. Is all we are going to do. And I pray everyone right now listening to this drops to their knees and starts praying. The war is on the floor. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.